Hey, we're still in John chapter 18 and, and 19, and we're looking at a different angle. And we're looking at, and honestly, early, early this morning, I realized um, that this really isn't about the, the, it's called when leaders don't know what truth is. In reality, it's when leaders don't do what truth is. When we don't do what truth is. When those of us, we know the truth. And knowing the truth should set us free. It says in that verse, it should set us free from the opinion of others. Set us free, honestly, not just the opinion of others, but the fear of other people's opinions. Uh, this whole picture here of the cowardice and fear of Pilate. It says in John 18, Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. We've already talked about how this was an illegal trial. Illegal trial. Then he was to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go in themselves because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover feast. We talked about that last week, how incredibly ridiculous this is. They're getting their hours away from worshiping the highest holy day they have and they're screaming for Jesus to be tortured and crucified. How, how can you guys miss this? And the whole picture of the crucifixion and, and death, the sacrifice of Jesus, is the picture of the Passover lamb and the blood and how they are so obsessed with, this is what we've always done. This is how we've always done it. This is what we've always done. This is how we've always done it. That's why it's hard for a pastor to come in and get an overview. And when he gets an overview, you guys have always done it this way, but maybe you don't get that there's another way to do it rather than worship the form, worshiping the purpose. Yeah, so Rome had, had a governor there at this time. His name is Pilate, and Pilate was there from A.D. 26 to A.D. 35, uh, which means only nine years. When he first arrived, uh, he came in, and he was afraid of the people, and he had the Roman escorts take their images off the top of their staffs because it, it irritated the Jews. And the, Jew, the Jewish leaders realized, oh, we can have a, an opinion. And already other, other guys in Pilate's position had been um, eliminated by Rome. This was a hard one for Rome. The others weren't, other cities they took over won't religiously, fanatically uh, all in on what they were. So they, they compromised a lot. And Rome removed governors and pilots there and, and the picture is, okay, I, I, I don't want to offend. In other words, he wasn't a leader. He wasn't a leader at all. He was assigned to a position period. So Pilate, verse 29, the governor went out to them and asked, what is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Verse 31, then take him away and judge him by your own laws, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. See, we're going to see here that Pilate's going to go through a lot and make a lot of statements and be gutless to do the truth gutless to do the truth. There are times in your life when you have to speak up. There are times in your life where you have to take a stand. There are times in your life where it's very, very, very uncomfortable. I've got to do it God's way. When I, I came to Christ, uh, the year I came to Christ, I was president of my fraternity, and quite honestly, they didn't enjoy me sober. Uh, it was more fun prior to that. And so I, I, I show up to my very first fraternity meeting with this brand new Bible and the gold was still all stuck together uh, that Rosemary had given me. And I asked her, so give me a verse to read. And she said, do you think you should do this? You're, you're going a little extreme in a, in a matter of one week. I said, yeah, I need to do this. And uh, it was a disaster. 
It was a disaster. I read a verse, had no idea what it even meant. Uh, it was in the King James. Rosemary, can you get me a picture Bible or something other than this, whatever this King James Bible is? And they have a late night meeting about getting rid of me. And one of the guys is sitting in there, Johnny Wright, just back from Vietnam, and he said, you know, all of a sudden he's going to classes. This is a new hymn. It's a little bit obnoxious, but it's a new hymn. We can't get rid of him. We need to walk this with him. And I hear it was an ugly meeting, uh, but he spoke up. He spoke up. There are times we need to speak up. I remember with the Davytown Council when they were trying not to give us our zoning. And I remember the per they were just screaming and obscenities. And, and a lady said, I have proof that Barnes has been having an extramarital affair for 20 years. And it was just horrible in there. And uh, I took my son with me. He was uh, a sophomore in college. I wanted him to see how it can be. And the whole issue, watching one person after another for Sheridan House stand up shaking when they stood up. And watching this little 20-something uh, who had been helped by Sheridan House stand up and on and on and on. Truth isn't always easy. And can I say, it's going to get nastier in this election year. And we have to decide kind, kind. Take him away and judge him on your own, Pilate said. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. Number fear, number fear, number one. Fear of losing your leadership position can cause you to avoid making decisions that show you don't deserve your leadership position to begin with. You know, the Hobby Lobby guy. Truett Cathy. Truett Cathy. Guys who, I, uh, there, there was a Christian at American Express that went to the leadership years ago and said, can we use the big auditorium at American Express and have a talk come in? Um, and uh, she didn't know that the vice president was a churchgoer at least, and I knew him. And she saw, he said, well, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to bring in a guy named Bob Barnes, and he's going to talk to us. And he says, you mean a Bible study? And she said, uh, okay, yes. And he said, yes, you can do it. And it was called Lunch and Learn. And the place is packed. And he's on the back wall. And two ladies come up and say to me, do you know him? I said, yeah, I do. I mean, he's basically the guy I go to and I ask for American Express to give money to Sheridan House. And uh, they said, is he a Christian? And I said, claims to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian. And uh, they look at each other and say, well, you wouldn't know it here. And I didn't ask, but how sad. How sad. When I spoke at the Chick-fil-A convention 10 years ago in Orlando, and I'm up to the concierge desk with my stuff, and it was interesting because the, uh, they saw me and somebody came and said, would you like to meet Truett Cathy? And I know in these kind of corporate things, that means take, go up to the penthouse. And so I started to do my thing, and I said, no, just leave it right here. He's over here. He was helping his people get their luggage out of their cars. In other words, how can we serve you today? God honored this guy because he led like Jesus. Because he led like Jesus. That's why I'm convinced when they were in the upper room having the, the Last Supper, and they're up there, and two of them are arguing about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God. And I'm convinced when you get a big room like that, you get a servant that comes with it, and the servant stands there and serves. But the first thing the servant does is wash feet. 
You can walk in any washes your feet. I'm convinced Jesus dismissed the servant to see if any one of them would wash feet, and none of them did. So the creator of feet, the creator of those feet, washed the road off of them. Yeah, fear of losing your leadership position can cause you to avoid making decisions that show, that show you don't deserve your leadership position to begin with. Yeah, Luke 20, 23, uh, 4 says this, Pilate turned to the leading priests and the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Verse four, in another translation, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man uh, to me accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point. In your presence, I find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. But they're not going to quit. And they're going to yell. And they're going to yell. And this fear, if they go to Rome, they've already gone twice. I, I, I'm afraid to lose my job. Really? Really? Number two on your outline. Bullies know when leaders are afraid to do what is right. Bullies know. Bullies know. Yeah. And you become a puppet. You become a puppet of the crowds, a puppet of the strong, a puppet of the loud, a puppet of your, their, of your own desires, a puff, puppet of your fears. All of a sudden, wow, I know in my heart I should have spoken up. I know in my heart I should have stepped in. You know, it's funny. When Roby was in 10th grade, we would get breakfast on Wednesday mornings. And he asked me a, a question. He said, Dad, when do you fight? And he said, what does that mean? He said, I, he said, well, when do you fight? And I said, well, that's a great question. I don't think you fight unless you physically have to defend yourself because somebody bumps into you or says something nasty. But I think you definitely fight when someone else is being picked on. I think that's when you step in, knowing you might have to get in a fight because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Defending somebody else is the right thing to do. There are times you have to step in. Number, number three, people who are given leadership responsibility must lead by doing the right thing, even when the right decision is unpopular. When it's unpopular. In other words, you're alone. <laughs> the crowd hasn't stepped up yet. You're alone. But number four, leaders don't dump unpopular decisions off on others. It's so interesting because of what Pilate did in Luke in the same thing. Oh, is he a Galilean? Pilate asked. When they answered that he was, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction and Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at the time. Oh, I don't have to do this. Let me send him and let Herod make that decision. Wow. America is screaming for us to lead in our little areas of leadership and lead mercifully and lead kindly and lead to a point where we're doing things. Well, we're presenting ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice. In view of God's mercy, is this too much to ask? This is your holy act of worship. Worship's not in a sanctuary. You're the sanctuary. You're the new temple of the Holy Spirit. So when I go out there, when they try to trip, trick Jesus, and, and the guy steps up and says, the, actually a lawyer steps up and says, well, what's the greatest commandment? And they had made over 600 rules that they'd plucked from the Pentateuch, 
from the first five books of the Bible. Over 600 rules. So pick one out. What's the most important? And Jesus said, well, it's easy. And he gives him Deuteronomy 6. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto the first, love your neighbor as yourself. So just, just who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love? And neighbor was a proximity word, not a commonality word. The people I permit in your proximity today, whether you like them or not. And then all of a sudden, there's a Jewish man robbed and beaten and left on the side of the road, and a caravan comes. And the insinuation is he wouldn't have walked through Thieves' Alley on his own anyway. So what was he up to walking through Thieves' Alley? And he's walking through Thieves' Alley, he's left beaten, and it says a Pharisee comes, walks on the other side of the road from Jerusalem to, to Jericho. Because can I just say, if I touch a dead body or blood, I can't go into the synagogue and tell them all the things I learned. I, uh, back in Jerusalem, I've got to go through a cleansing. And the other guy walks over, and then it says in the NLT translation, a despised Samaritan. See, there's a lot of ethnic issues in, in this passage. Goes over, mends him, puts him on his donkey, checks him into a motel, basically leaves his credit card number, whatever it cost. And Jesus said, so who was the neighbor who loved God so much he loved his neighbor? And the, the, the attorney basically has to say, the one who did kindness, not just felt compassion, did kindness. Yeah. Number five, leaders can't make a half wrong, half right decision just to please people. Just to please people. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. Luke 23, 13, then Pilate called together the, the leading priests and other religious leaders uh, among, among the people. No, and they are screaming. Uh, it says in verse 18, then a mighty roar rose from the crowd. With one voice they shouted, kill, kill him and release Barabbas. This is a couple of days after a couple hundred thousand people were estimated to have been on the road during Palm Sunday. And now we're afraid. So they have him flogged. They bring him out. He has to announce who he is, which the inference is he was so disfigured. He's going to go on to say in, in John 18, 38, what is truth? But he knows it. He knows truth. Whether you know who Jesus is or not, this is unjust. Lead. This is Whether you lose your job or not, this is unjust. This is unjust. If you know what truth is, you have to do truth. Yeah. Lead without a firm grasp of what truth is. Otherwise, they'll be swayed by popular opinion. Wow. Next to the, to the deepest conversation, truth, truth. Jesus mentions truth. Pilate says, what is truth? Could that actually, I mean, can you actually answer what is truth? He basically says to Jesus. Meanwhile, the leading priests uh, in, in Matthew, the leading priests, and other leaders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas. He has him executed. He has Jesus executed. Wow. He has Jesus executed. Yeah. When he hears them screaming at him uh, and realizing they're going to contact Rome, 
if he doesn't do this. And they play the card. He claims he's a king. No one, no one can be a friend to Caesar and claim their king. And we follow Caesar, the Jewish leaders, as our king. Wow. In 19, verse 8, when Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever than ever. If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself king is a rebel to Caesar, is a rebel to Caesar. Yeah, number seven, when you let fear rule, you do what is easy and popular rather than what you know is right, what you know is right, what you know is right. It's a, there's a call here, and the call here, it's amazing. What would Jesus have me do with the people around me? with the resources in my pocket, with my mouth, with helping, helping other people. Yeah, verse 15, we have, this is, this is them saying to Pilate, the leading priest shouted, we have no king but Caesar. Very next verse, then Pilate gave Jesus to them to be crucified. Number eight, fear walks around like a prowling lion and it knows what to say into the ears of my heart. It's 1 Peter 5, 8. Be careful, be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for some victim to devour. Pilate's wife is even gonna come out and say, have nothing to do with this. Release him, have nothing to do with this. But he feared for his job. He feared for his, the opinion of whoever's in charge of him. It says in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The deal here is the reason we study the Bible, the reason we come on Sundays to learn the Bible, the reason we come to Bible studies, and so we get more and more of knowing what the truth is. But then I need to be freed up from fear, freed up from opinions when I'm out there, freed up to speak out, just to speak up. And, and freed up, I mean, for this this situation that's happened uh, has picked up such steam for six or seven months at a restaurant where Rosemary's asked for the same waitress every time and she's there and we discovered she's a single mom and she has a 12 year old and on and on and on and on and Rosemary uh, we don't pay Rosemary to teach but the ladies at the end of the year all take an offering and put and she keeps it in this envelope and it's it's probably two to three thousand dollars at the end of each semester uh, and she keeps it in an envelope to to give away and she's been giving this single mom you know huge tips uh, and finally um, Rosemary invited her to church uh, and she came at the end of her shift and sat down with us and she went to church. Uh, two weeks ago with Rosemary and I was down at another church and her 12-year-old and her 12-year-old uh, this past Sunday uh, went into a youth group for the first time in her life and the mom was terrified she was going to hate it and the 12, oh, I don't want to go home yet, mom, can we stay later? And watching the transformation and we went out there last night to eat and watching the transformation with this little 40-something single mom in her life because Rosemary's been speaking up. Rosemary's been generous. People are put in front of us for a reason. And Rosemary learned the hard way. Rosemary's first year, she was teaching out at a school in Coral Springs, elementary school. And uh, she was co there were two first grade classes. She had one and Jill had one. And Jill, this is Fred Logan's uh, wife. 
Jill uh, came to Christ one weekend going to church and came to Rosemary and said, I found out you're a Christian. And Rosemary said, you've been here six months and never shared the gospel with me? And Rosemary was devastated. We have to speak up. We have to speak up. We have to speak up. Number nine, to even be able to lead yourself on the right path. You must know the truth. It is truth or it isn't. It can't be close to the truth. Then and only then will you truly be free. Then and only then. So a young guy came to visit me, young to me, probably 30 uh, this week, and said, so how did you get started speaking? And I said, I did everything in my power not to. I was terrified. And I said, uh, and by the way, the first place I ever in my life spoke was at First Baptist Fort Lauderdale in this sanctuary. And uh, I, because Hawkins, there was no saying no to Hawkins. He was so incredibly aggressive and obnoxious from Texas. And we became very close. And he said, I'm going away. Would you speak uh, four Sundays in a row at First Baptist for me? And I think I didn't know how to say no. And I said, yes. And I threw up in the parking lot the first Sunday. I've never known fear like that. And uh, I had one blue suit, one blue suit. And there was a guy uh, that was visiting who, was a f- who worked for a guy named Neil Sterling, uh, who used to own Sterling's Clothing Store. And uh, it must have been a bad suit because uh, I'd had it since college. And he said, here's my card. Would you come visit me? And I said, where are you? And he said, on Las Olas. And I said, what are you doing? It's a clothing store. Would just come visit me? And he said, We'd, we've altered four suits for a guy who has vanished. We've had him six months. I guarantee they're, they're close to your size. They fit me perfectly. I took four suits to my car uh, that probably cost more than my car that I drove there in. And all of a sudden, I had four suits uh, for the next three Sundays. And I remember driving around and asking God, how did you do this? How'd you do this? And so this guy has asked me, so you didn't try to teach? I said, oh, I did everything I could to try not to. I, 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 it's just terror. And uh, I said, you don't have to try. You have to trust. And it'll free you up from ambition and ego. Just trust. If you're still here, he's got something for you to do. Because when he's done with you, he brings you home. When my son was done on the college campus, I went and got him. If you're still here, he's got something for you to do. The thing is, I need to be freed up. And a lot of times, he asks us to do stuff that we want to scream at him and say, I don't know how. This is too big. Stop. And I believe he always wants us to do more than we can possibly do so that we absolutely have to give him all the glory. All the glory. All the glory. I believe we need to give more than we think we possibly can so that we have to give him all the glory. If he is God or he's not, to know that truth should set me free.